1: This is WSBT's Community Update on 96.1 WSBT. Good morning, I'm John Hoffman. People 80 and older in Indiana are starting to receive their first dose of the coronavirus vaccine. But local health officers say not all doses received by the state are being administered. Some are being held back for people's second dose.
2: The state health department is following guidelines from the federal government, but the Trump administration is now recommending states stop holding the second dose and they start vaccinating people older than 65. Local health officers say this most likely won't happen right away. From healthcare workers to now the general public older than 80, vaccinations are now ramping up across Indiana. It's picking up and I think it'll continue to pick up. The CDC's website says more than 522,000 doses were sent to Indiana, but according to Indiana's vaccination dashboard, only 204,000 people have received their first dose of
3: the vaccine. For every shot that the state sends out. It's holding back that particular vaccine, that matched vaccine for you that you're supposed to get your second one in 21 to 28
2: days. The state may be holding on to doses, but Elkhart County and St. Joseph County health officers say every dose of the vaccine they receive at the county level is put into
3: someone's arm. We are getting rid of the vaccines. We don't want them. We don't want to waste any. We want to get them in arms.
2: In an effort to speed up the delivery of vaccines, the Trump administration is now asking states to no longer hold back the second doses of the vaccine and to start vaccinating people 65 years old and above.
1: Things will change, but they're not going to change this week or next week, and so we're still looking at just individuals over age 80 and healthcare personnel and first responders.
2: Elkhart County Health Officer Dr. Bethany Waite does not expect the age to drop to 65
3: right away. We all have to lean on the state to tell us who can go next. As fast as we want to go, we have, we're trying to stick with exactly what they're telling us to do.
1: WSBT 22's Lauren Becker reporting. Despite a decline in reported coronavirus cases the last couple of weeks, St. Joseph County Deputy Health Officer Dr. Mark Fox says we're a long way from beating the virus locally. Here's his weekly State of the Virus interview with WSBT 22's First in the Morning this past Monday.
3: St. Joseph County Deputy Health Officer Dr. Mark Fox joins me now. Good morning. Thank you for coming in this morning. Where do we stand this morning with cases and hospitalizations locally?
4: You know, our hospitals are in pretty good shape. As of the end of last week, our hospital numbers were as low as they've been since Halloween. So that's good news. Um, Our testing was down a lot over the Christmas and New Year's holidays. Last week it started to approach more normal levels. We are seeing an uptick in cases as a result of that. But still, our overall case count and, and cases per day are in, in reasonable shape. This week will really show us the impact of New Year's.
3: And we were worried after Thanksgiving, we were worried after Christmas, and now New Year's. Are we seeing any kind of impact now?
4: Well, what we have seen, December was our deadliest month by a long shot. 108 deaths in the county in the month of December. The previous high had been 78. So, you know, the impact of, of November really was seen in December deaths. So. Uh, I fear there still is impact that we'll see over the next few weeks from holiday gatherings. But would
3: our hospitals be in a better position to handle that? Absolutely,
4: yeah. Much better in terms of hospital capacity right now.
3: Let's talk about the vaccine. You've been talking a lot about a shortage in supply and the frustration surrounding that. How many vaccines do we expect this week?
4: So the health department will have 800 doses available to administer this week and 800 next week. We don't know beyond that. We're expecting it's at least 800, but hoping that at some point it will go up from there. And then St. Joe Health System, who's been doing healthcare workers, also now will expand to do 80 and older. Um, and they're getting about a 1,000, a little over a 1,000 doses a week. So we'll be close to 2,000 doses a week here in the county.
3: Okay, and and are we prepared to handle that next group, the 80 and older?
4: You know, it's a challenging group to reach in terms of, you know, the messaging. So having 211 enlisted to help with that has been really important. One of the challenges is just mobility. So um, we have to think about wheelchairs and access and and issues like that, um, that we haven't necessarily encountered with healthcare workers. But I, I think we are prepared for that. But it, it does pose some unique challenges. And
3: then are we prepared with the number of doses? Do we have enough?
4: We have what we have. We're administering what we have. So one question I get is, are we, are we holding back the second dose? No, whatever we get locally, we're administering. Um, that's what we've been instructed to do. And so we're administering it almost as quickly as it comes in.
3: Yeah, we heard this morning that Indiana's received 400,000 doses. Only vaccinated, 130,000 doses have been given out. And you wonder, well, why aren't they all going out?
4: Yeah, so there are different schools of thought. There's some people that say hold the second dose to ensure that Leanne gets the same manufacturer in the appropriate time frame, And others say it's better to get as many people at least one shot and We'll hope and pray that the manufacturing supports, you know, provides the second dose in a timely fashion. There is some risk to that strategy. So, um, you know, I think you look at different states across the nation, they've implemented it in, in various ways.
3: And we're currently giving out both the Moderna and Pfizer vaccine.
4: Yeah, the health department has only received Moderna, so that's what we'll administer at the site at St. Hedwig's. Um, St. Joe Health System has received both Pfizer and Moderna. They've primarily given the Pfizer to this point.
3: Do you know when Walgreens and CVS and other pharmacies will start distributing the vaccine?
4: They have started in the long-term care facilities in our area, both in northern Indiana and southwest Michigan. That's totally independent of the local health department. So I have no no information as far as how many they've done, but they have a schedule that they're rolling through to get those uh, long-term care facility residents and staff the vaccine.
3: And that supply that they're using, that doesn't take away. It from doesn't the affect
4: counties. our supply. No. And in the initial shipment, they had to had to reduce some of what came to the local area. Um, to accommodate the needs of the of the pharmacy chains with the long-term care facility. But from this point, they're, they're independent supplies and it won't affect our numbers.
3: Do you still expect the general public to start getting vaccinated in March? Uh,
4: honestly, no. I think it'll probably be closer to summer when we really get, you know, we're doing this age-based strategy um, down to age 60. And then I think it will open up more broadly. I suspect that will be late spring or summer before we get to that point, unless something dramatic changes with regard to production or additional vaccine candidates being authorized.
3: The county is opening a new vaccination clinic. What can you tell us about this clinic? How will it affect how people get the shot?
4: So the county you know, normally runs two immunization clinics, one in Mishawaka, one in the county city building for all your childhood immunizations and things like that. Those sites will not administer COVID vaccine. So right now we are working at St. Hedwig's Church in the Memorial Center there. So just west of downtown as the vaccination site for COVID vaccine only administered by the local health department. So if people go into the state vaccination site to register, it'll say St. Joseph County Health Department. It'll give the address of 331 Scott Street, which is St. Hedwig. That's to allow better parking, easier access to the building, and enough space to allow physical distancing for people waiting for their immunization and for people to be monitored following. Because we have to monitor people for 15 to 30 minutes after the shot um, to monitor for allergic reactions. So we needed a lot more space to be able to do that. So I've been able to partner with St. Hedwig's to offer that.
3: And that's one thing people were wondering, why we don't set up a drive-through area and get people going through but they need to be right. monitored because,
4: afterwards because of the need to monitor them yes.
3: and people will still need to register online they can't just show up
4: correct yeah no walk-ins will be available it's all got to be done online ahead of time.
1: Leanne Tokars with Dr. Mark Fox on WSBT 22's first in the morning. The January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol was unprecedented. WSBT 22's Erica Finke spoke with local political leaders who say this one event could change politics for years to come.
0: A protest to support President Donald Trump turned deadly when rioters broke into the Capitol. And that day, even some of his strongest supporters voted to accept the Electoral College votes. Political science professor Elizabeth Bennion says this act lost him support from some legislators and citizens. But even after the election, Bennion says... Mr. Trump will still have a stronghold on the Republican Party. We know there are a number of Republicans in leadership who really would like to return to the pre-Trump era, but that will be more difficult to do than they might expect. Mary Young-Marx says the riot made some prominent Republicans vocalize support of the Constitution instead of President Trump. The political science professor is hoping this will lead to a more collaborative relationship between politicians during Joe Biden's term. Both parties have their opinions, but, you know, being not nonpartisan, but bipartisan, working together. <laughs> Local Republican and Democratic chairpersons say it'll take a lot of soul searching from both parties to figure out what direction they want their parties to go in. Both of them agree politicians need to be more focused on the needs of their constituents.
4: You know, a lot of of people who were once Democrats did vote for Donald Trump. And what have we done as a party to leave those folks behind? And what do we do to need to win, to be more inclusive, to to make people understand? Dan, what the American way is, what American values are, what conservatism is.
1: Those last two voices were St. Joseph County Democratic Chair Stan Rubel and Laporte County Republican Chair Mitch Fikas. Indiana Governor Eric Holcomb officially started his second term this past Monday. He was sworn in during a small ceremony in Indianapolis. Holcomb used the event to tell people Indiana is steadily clawing its way back. He says he'll remain focused on managing the state's recovery from the pandemic, but he also said our state, country, and the world are changing quickly. Fellow Hoosiers, this future is arriving faster than we anticipated, and it plays to Indiana's strengths. The business climate we have nurtured, the seeds that we have sown, are not just for today, but also for tomorrow. For Indiana, the future is now. And this is Indiana's advantage. Holcomb cited a Brookings Institution report that found Indiana ranks third in the nation in concentration of industries of the future, like healthcare, life sciences, aerospace, and advanced manufacturing. And Holcomb also said the state has something many other states want, financial stability. Businesses and developments are no longer required to build minimum numbers of parking spots in South Bend. The city council voted to get rid of previous regulations, saying fewer restrictions could save money for small businesses and make it easier to attract new developments to the area.
5: Developers still can and will build parking in South Bend, but a city planner says these new regulations won't force businesses or apartment complexes to build more spaces than they actually need parking minimums. It's a small line of city zoning ordinance that one of South Bend's principal planners says tends to overestimate how many spots are actually needed, leaving a lot of empty space. Even on
2: some of the busiest days of the year, they never fill all the way up.
5: Downtown is one of the areas that's already gotten rid of the parking requirements, but now the city council voted to nix those minimums citywide.
0: I think overall it would help uh, impact the small businesses and, and neighborhoods. Council member
5: Sharon McBride says the new rules can help small businesses avoid spending money on parking spots they don't need. In the past, businesses would have to seek a variance if they wanted to get around the parking rules.
2: Time and money and, and the uncertainty of the public process uh, in that.
5: Or they'd need to buy more land. They didn't need all the spots they had to pay for that
2: or the more likely outcome is that the project uh, would just be abandoned.
5: Davita says while the parking rules don't change much for existing businesses, they help promote bringing new ones to the area. It can also lower the rent for apartments like college campus housing where many of the people who live there don't actually have cars and at a city budget level. Empty parking spots don't do much in terms of bringing in tax money, but eliminating them can also boost revenue for South Bend with the businesses that grow in their place. South Bend is the largest city in the Midwest to make this change and some urban development scholars say that it has the potential to make cities much more vibrant.
1: WSBT 22 Selena Guevara reporting. The views expressed on WSBT's Community Update are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the views of the host, WSBT radio, its staff or management. Join us again next week on Community Update on the Sports Leader. 96.1 WSBT.